0: Oh, it's a pig! Oh. Welcome to the Lake Erie Kayak Anglers Podcast, the podcast designed to make you a better angler. I'm Chuck Earls with LakeErieKayakFishing.com. Today, I have Katie Becca joining us. Katie is a, a competitive kayak fishing angler who travels all over the nation. She is also a very experienced and skilled uh, kayak fishing instructor, as well as uh, an instructor for the, the Women's Fishing Federation. Katie, how are you doing today?
1: Good. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. So, let's get started. Why don't
1: you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so like you said, my name's Katie Baca. Uh, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, My husband and I moved down to Texas about four years ago uh, and got into competitive kayak bass fishing. Um, At the time when we were up north, that was really not a thing. And people kind of looked at us kind of crooked when they'd see us fishing out of a kayak. Um, But down here, it was totally normal. Um, So we got into doing that um, and did our first event was actually the Lone Star Throwdown, which is the biggest tournament in Texas. and pretty much the nation. Um, it draws a huge, a number of anglers, um, and it's all of Texas competing against all of Texas. Um, so you're split up into regions. Uh, so that was our first experience in competitive fishing. Um, and in the following year, uh, we actually got into doing trails. Um, and we've been doing that ever since. Uh, and fortunately, um, You know, I run a fishing website with lots of educational information um, and all of those things combined uh, led us to be very fortunate to get a lot of sponsors and um, turn this into more of a career than just a hobby. Uh, So that's a little bit of my background.
0: And what is your website?
1: Fishlikeacat.com and it's fish like a cat with a K i like that Mm -hmm.
0: i will definitely uh link that in the description so you can get there easily um you know a buddy of mine mike lon he told me one day um actually i was i was paying him for a guide trip he's a guide out in uh matlashay florida and uh he said chuck it's a lifestyle not a job you know and i i had just ended uh uh, a long period, um, a contract I was I was doing. And I was in between jobs kind of looking for my way looking for my path. And I didn't really want to go back to what I just finished doing. And, uh, you know, he got me out on the water. I learned a lot that day, you know, he really opened up my eyes to this being a possibility to, to creating um, a job, so to speak, out of out of your passion. You know, just like you have done, and uh, one thing that always pops back in my head is that saying, you know, it's it's a lifestyle, it's not a job. How do Absolutely. we work
1: 18, <laughs>
0: 20 hours a day? Sometimes that it takes. Well, because it's a lifestyle, it's a passion. You know, right? You and that's
1: that's a lot, a lot of people. Job. I right, and I don't think a lot of people completely appreciate that or understand that. Um, there's a lot of people still who who think a lot of this just boils down to like how much social media can you put out there? Um, and if you crank out insane amounts of basic content and grip and grins, you know that that's the ticket, that's how you do it when it is so much more than that. Um, I actually purposefully do not crank out content you know multiple times a day or even, sometimes even multiple times a week, depending on our travel schedule. Um, and that's purely just because I would rather put out solid, good content um, less frequently than you know, more fluffy content every day, <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it, it definitely makes sense. And some of it comes down to what's the best use of your time. And it's not that content's not a good idea, but when you're running... Nonstop. you know what you need that four hours of sleep not right. <laughs> an hour and a half to two hours because you're trying to figure out what to post on you know how to how to say this or how to post this trip you know like I've I've been so busy lately I've been on the water nonstop with clients come home get everything ready take everything apart reset it up for the next day and then you just got to get some sleep so I have probably 3 or 4 weeks of stuff that I I should post, I need to post, but
1: Oh dude, I totally feel you on that one. <laughs> I've got I'm like the biggest offender of like I I run a website, but I have all of the social media outlets um and I do have a YouTube channel which has I don't know, a whopping 8 videos on it maybe. Um but I have hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage of like <laughs> solid fish catching machine footage. But I just haven't figured out how to, like, balance that editing into my schedule at all.
0: Yeah, editing is another story. <laughs> the, uh, the short videos are nice because yeah. you can kind of get the point across. You can make it short. It's not like a YouTube video. Most people don't realize a three to five minute YouTube video. I mean, until you get fast and good and efficient, that's, that could be five to ten hours of editing.
1: Exactly. you want something good. And that's that's actually one thing I was super grateful for Jeff Little um, pushing me on was doing Instagram reels. Um, I am still like in the infancy of doing that. So I am by no means an expert at it, but it definitely is way, to a point it's way more fun to do that sort of like raw 30 second down and dirty um, than all of the like really polished and critiqued video. there's some, there's an element that's really fun about that.
0: And I think there's a lot more value because people nowadays, um, myself included, you know, we have a short attention span. So you look (laughs) at YouTube and it's like, man, a three minute video, a five minute video, an hour video, it's not going to (laughs) happen. But a 30 to 60 second clip where you get that little bite of information that you need maybe it leads you into that three to five minute video where now you have a reason to watch it um but the important thing is is you get that key um mind nugget you know that, right. that key piece of information um out there and uh, i think it reaches more people because you don't have to kind of bait and switch them I and get them into the video you know like
1: well and that so that's another that is totally a pet peeve of mine I cannot stand the clickbait video clips and and images that you see all over the place now where you're like oh my god something scandalous is about to happen and nothing happens at all Um right. that's another one of those tactics that I I just won't I won't do it
0: <laughs> I think I don't know to be proud of your brand and your content, at least for me personally, you kind of just, there's some things you absolutely don't ex- accept, you know, like that's not, that's not what, what we're about, you know?
1: Exactly, and that's one of those like, they you know, everybody's got their own style and flavor and method of their madness when it comes to being an influencer. Um, and there's no right or wrong way to do it by any means. Like, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Um, but for, you know, at least a portion of us out there, it's important to be genuine and be original and yourself. Um, and that's one thing that I've been very adamant on sticking to is not getting gimmicky. If that's the right word for it, um, uh, with making solid content that i'm like yeah i totally made that not something that's kind of like oh that's like a fluffy insurance commercial you know
0: (laughs) let's get into a little bit about what you're doing um i know you're an instructor you have the website um you also work with uh mariner sales right yep um
1: so let's get into what what you have to offer um, so there's a lot of things on that front, um, depending on which direction you want to go with it. Um, at Mariner Sales, um, that was an opportunity where they needed somebody a few days a week, uh, and that just happened to fit into our tournament schedule for the most part. Um, so I just worked there part time. Um, and mostly what I do there is, you know, I'm out on the sale floor, but a lot of people that come in there, they are brandy shining new um they they don't know anything about what they're looking at um they kind of walk in and get kind of pale-faced um because they don't realize how much they're getting into um and a lot of it's really overwhelming uh and those people in particular really need a lot of um you know tailored presentation to figure out like the first part of the the question is what sort of fishing are you doing or what sort of time on the water do you plan on doing you know do you fish big water or small water moving or still or you know there's a lot of factors um and then you have to consider stuff like their physical abilities um so that you're pairing them up into the right vessel now i fish for old town so i am super biased and i love old town but i loved old town before i was on their team Um, they have a very solid line of product Um, so they're usually the first one that I'll go to, but in some instances, that's not, that's not what fits the person, um, you know, for what they're going to be using it for. in those instances, you do have to know what, what do they need to be guided to? Um, and on the flip side of that is the very, you know, either starting into competitive angling. Um, and when they're doing that, they're trying to rig out their boats and, Like, I'm sure you and I, I've done the same thing. I'm sure you did it where you're like, oh, I can DIY everything and I'll save a ton of money. And you totally don't. And sometimes you have to tell them like, dude, there's already a thing. Yak Attack makes it. You can buy it now and you'll save $100 when you don't have to buy something again. Um, And then there's also the the like extreme rigging out where um, I'm drawing up, diagrams for wiring stuff, um, for lighting and for distribution hubs and working with, um, our install guys there, um, who are awesome at their freaking job. Most of the time I'm just drawing the diagram. They are the ones that are doing all of the work. (laughs) Occasionally you'll see me, you know, back in the shop with some tools and stuff doing installs or repairs. Um, but that's super rare because they're pretty solid doing that, keeping up with their schedule. Um, so at Mariner, yeah, it's like a little bit of all of the above, including like product photography for the website and stuff. Um, but when it comes to teaching, you know, that's a whole, whole other animal my, with my website and the Women's Fishing Federation.
0: And you're, you're doing a lot of that at Mariner as well. I mean, yeah. like you said, people come in, they come to you, they're newbies, they're clueless. And at this point, it's very overwhelming. And you can, you can spend a lot of money on all the wrong things.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you can spend, (laughs) you know,
0: a couple of years trying to figure it out. You come in, you talk to somebody like you and uh, you figure out what is the right fit. You know, that's, that's, what's important. It's not, it's not the, the, Oh, Oh, you should have bought a Hobie. Well, no, no.
1: Right. Like some, for some people for some people I, I will, you know, you do point them to a Hobie. If you, if somebody tells me that they live on a small lake that is full of thick grass and no opening open water, I, a prop drive isn't going to work. <laughs> right. absolutely. Um, you know, so it's, it's not the right fit for them. And if they don't want to paddle, you know, a Hobie drive handles grass extraordinarily well. There's no doubt in that. Um, right. and it's also a matter of, I think a lot of people, or at least from my clientele, what I'm told, um, because none of us at Mariner make commission. So all of the information and the sales that we're doing, we're genuinely giving you what we think is a good option um, because it doesn't benefit us either way. Um, So there's a lot of people that come in there um, that, like I said, it's more of just keeping them from getting overwhelmed and saying like, okay, there's a gazillion things here. Once we narrow down your kayak choices, the accessories are easy. That'll take two minutes, you know, and that kind of makes them relax more, which helps them enjoy the process, you know, where it's not this tedious thing to, to get into this new sport and get your mind blown, you know, where, and same thing with even, I mean, a lot of people come in just to talk about fishing. (laughs) Like I would totally be lying if I didn't say that like half of my day is like just talking about fishing and techniques.
0: (laughs) right but of course that's why you're there right
1: right exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so tell me about your website
1: um so that was totally uh like five years ago before we left pittsburgh um you know there's a lot of stuff on the internet no doubt at all um but a lot of the fishing content, I didn't feel like it was um, thorough enough in some cases or diverse enough in some cases where, you know, you'd only tell somebody so many ways to throw a Texas rig, you know, and when you have a hundred articles on just throwing a Texas rig, it kind of gets boring. Um, and it's the same thing for, you know, like if you only do one type of video and, only DIY stuff or only this or that. Um, And I wanted to expand beyond just using social media to reach people, um, because frankly, you don't own your content on social media. Um, It can be taken down at any time. I'm sure everybody knows that by now. Uh, And my website is actually, hard coded. I, I code my whole website. I don't use a, um, a program of any kind, like WordPress or any of those things. A lot of people ask me about that. And I, I tell them, you know, I added classes on to my degree to learn how to code a website. I can't, I can't really help them learn how to do that on the fly. Um, but I wanted to own my content and have complete control over it. Uh, and that also gives you like total freedom of expression on there. So, it was a way to teach people, entertain people, to engage them, you know, there's, you know, I get a lot of people that have, they don't even know what kayak fishing is. Um, if, if you do even just a Google search on my name, you'll see a, a whole bunch of stuff come up. Um, and like one of the most popular um, articles on my website is actually how to clean your baitcaster of all things like because i use a combination of photos and drawing and writing and video and all the above sometimes in the same article uh and that draws people in to where they're like oh holy crap there's like all kinds of other stuff here um so yeah i just i just thought i wanted a platform that i had free reign over to just turn into a fishing playground (laughs)
0: You know, I, I forget who said it, but the saying goes, you can have a thousand people say the same thing, but only one of them say it the right way for you. You know, right. that's basically what it comes down to. We all learn differently. You know, it's just getting more people into the sport, educating them, and, uh, giving you a platform.
1: Right. And that, and like another thing, I mean, it's just like silly stuff. Like um, last year I put out a bunch of free downloadable fishing coloring pages by no means specifically made for kids. Like (laughs) lots of people now, you know, everybody's stressed out all the time. I mean, who doesn't want to just pick up a coloring page and go to town, you know? So there's even stuff like that where, you know, you can, you can even reach the little littles um, before they even really know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's always fun, especially in the classroom
1: or, right. uh, you know, home classroom. Today's
0: podcast brought to you by Lake Erie Come along with me and experience one of the best freshwater fisheries in the world while chasing monsters, kayak fishing Lake Erie. We now return to the show. So what about the Women's Fishing Federation? Tell me about that.
1: Uh, So that is an organization uh, that was started by Christine Fisher, Amanda Brannon, and Mel Isaacs. Um, They wanted to make it an organization uh, that empowered women. our motto is actually dedicated to fostering women's involvement in the sport of fishing through education, camaraderie, and support. Um, And as a lot of ladies know, uh, it is not always easy um, to be in a large group of ladies, uh, but it's way easier when you realize every single person here is a big fishing nerd. And that's all we want to talk about is fishing. You know, you don't, nobody there cares about what you're wearing or, or any of that stuff. It's literally just we want to go fishing. We want to learn more about fishing, and we want to learn more about how to go fishing more. You know that. Right. So that um, you know, they created the organization uh, and made a what they call the kayak fishing experience, which is a handful of days. Um, pretty much, it's like sleepover camp for adults. Um, <laughs> you know, we go to a venue. This year, we were at Lake Fork Marina. Um, everybody has accommodations, um, your entry, uh, buys your, all of your meals, all of your classes. Um, we, you know, they're super fortunate that, um, we have a lot of really great sponsors that help us build sick swag bags. Um, so, I mean, your entry fee into that more than covers the gear that you're going to get just from going to the event. Um, the last two years they've been able to do a rod and reel combo for every lady in addition to an entire um recycle recyclable shopping bag full of stuff um and then on top of it you get one-on-one instruction you know you've got people who are really schooled in what they do um and when you bring all of us together as instructors uh it creates a really awesome atmosphere where you you are way um Less intimidated to ask questions and get involved, um, rather than, you know, like not to take anything away from them, but a lot of expos and seminars and whatnot, people are speaking at you. They're not speaking with you, uh, and especially when there's huge numbers in attendance. Um, so this is a way for for all of us to reach other female anglers to empower them to say, you can absolutely do this. You you don't need anybody to help you do it. Like. It's nice to have help, and it's okay to ask for it too. That's that's like a whole other dynamic that's hard to teach, <laughs> um, but you know that they can do these things, and they're much more capable than they realize.
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, it's it's a lot different than, especially like social media. You know, a lot of people, they're maybe afraid to ask those questions because of you know the the keyboard warriors and (laughs) and all that. So this creates, you know, just an atmosphere where ladies can get together with like-minded individuals and grow and learn and absolutely share. And,
1: And not only that, but you know, the friendships that you build there really are genuinely good friendships. You know, I have some of my closest friends now are people specifically from those events. Um, you do really get to connect with each other on a whole other level. Um, And that's, you know, that's the whole point. That's part of the experience is getting to connect with each other too. So you don't feel so awkward in this industry that is wholly male dominated. (laughs) Um, Obviously all of us are trying very hard to um, make a dent in that. Uh, But, you know, there's still quite a long ways to go to start skewing those numbers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think there was an article um here locally where uh i think up to 50 percent of the people on the river fly fishing nowadays are uh are women
1: and that's awesome
0: and that's i think that has just changed within the last three or five years i'll, I'll look that up and send that your way
1: yeah um, that's that's awesome yeah it it wouldn't surprise me um especially with uh, you know the pandemic and everything that really skyrocketed a lot of people into our sport. I mean, in bonkers numbers. Um, and that included ladies, you know, especially ones that had no idea what they were doing, but they're like, my kids are making me crazy and I need to take them outside to do something. Like, let's go fishing, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> and they need somebody like you and somebody like the, the Women's Fishing Federation, you know, to try to shorten the, the learning curve and uh, absolutely (laughs) show them the way so what are some of the things that um ladies can learn during the uh the kayak
1: fishing experience uh so we cover pretty much everything front to back um so we'll start with safety topics um and rigging uh so pretty much start at the beginning so You know all of your safety gear that you should or should have or at least consider having some of it Um, and then we'll move on to how to rig out your boat you know so helping them figure out ideas for what will work well for them for um, fish finders and if they need an anchor or if they want to do a power pole Um, and then moving on into actual rigging of gear Um, so we'll start with a how to use your bait caster and that was a class that kind of morphed into that um, last year because I was actually supposed to teach a real maintenance class on pretty much how to disassemble a bait caster entirely to, to maintenance it yourself. Um, but what I realized when I started the class was there was a lot of people there that had never even used one. <laughs> so me telling them how to break it down was totally irrelevant at that point. Um, so it turns into just how to use a fishing rod, you know, a spinning rod or a bait caster. Um, and then Christine, you know, goes into depth on choosing your rods um, and, and your line and whatnot and what things are used for what applications. Um, and then we'll go into different techniques uh, and breaking it down all the way to how to read a fish finder. Um, and it really important stuff, like how to flip your kayak if you flip it. Um, and how to self-rescue. Um, so we do, you know, pretty much we run the gamut of this is how you do all this stuff. We even cover stuff. This year we added um, a really awesome program where we also talked about becoming an influencer. You know, how do you break into the market, so to speak? Um, and you know, there's a lot of people that don't appreciate the fact that even if you think you are not anything special, you have a niche market. I guarantee you, there are a million people out there just like you. If you are a 50 year old empty nester lady who is moving across the country and you're also into cycling, you will find a demographic of ladies that are like, oh my God, that is my story. Uh, that happens all the time. Um, So that's, that's, you know, something we try to encourage them. Like, no, as much as you think you're very ordinary, there are extraordinary things about you that will reach people on every level.
0: Right. So what kind of kayak are you in? You're in an old Uh, town.
1: Yes. I'm in an old town predator PDL, um, which has now been branded as the big water PDL. Uh, I am still in the predator uh purely because I like the color red and that's the color of my boat and I don't want to change it. <laughs> and that's all that comes down to. And there hasn't been the big water didn't change enough for me to to change colors. So it's I am essentially running the same boat.
0: <laughs> They're the same boat. You know I'm I'm in the big water because my favorite color is blue.
1: Yeah, see? It happens like that.
0: <laughs> awesome awesome machines though
1: oh my god that's you know that's one thing that not a lot of people realize is dude hands down the predator and the salty they're the fastest boats on the market um you know it's easy to pull five miles an hour <laughs> and oh yeah most people don't you don't appreciate that until you're on the water doing like two miles an hour and you're like wow this is going to take me four days to get over there um when like in the predator especially if you happen to be in a shotgun start kayak fishing event um you will just absolutely smoke your competition off the gun (laughs) right (laughs) so i
0: had mentioned earlier i think before the show um this weekend we have uh the lake erie walleye trail uh event number four for the boats um and me in in the big water Mm -hmm. um and uh We're doing the, uh, the debut of the uh, kayak division and Irene Roth is going to be competing. What advice could you give her on technique? How could she uh, pull this off? Because she's going to be out there on Lake Erie by herself competing against, you know, some of the best walleye anglers on the lake. And, uh, and I want to make sure that she's, she's safe and able to get back in her boat.
1: So first thing is um, to make sure that whatever vest that she chooses uh, is a good fit for her. Um, that's that's number one on the list. Um, like for example, Mustang has a vest that is a dual flotation vest. Um, so it gives you about nine pounds of lift without it being inflated. So it's got a foam core to it and it also has inflation with it. Um, So you can choose to pop that to give you more inflation if, you know, if you're starting to tire out or whatnot. Um, So definitely PFD number one. Um, Lake Erie can be super sketchy really fast. Uh, So I would definitely make sure she's got some extra cartridges with her if she is wearing an inflatable.
0: We, Um, We generally try to avoid the inflatables out on Lake Erie. I mean yeah it's pretty and often I, for you to to end up and um I try to teach I mean mainly because half the season it's cold water.
1: I Those was just gonna say really what's function. like what's the max temps up there? I, I'm not familiar with them.
0: Uh right now the water temperature is about 65, I think. I think it was today. Ooh.
1: Yeah, and like and that yeah. So in that situation, I would absolutely go with just a straight vest. Yeah. Um because that is, and, and that's another thing to make sure that, um, she understands is that hypothermia kicks in really fast. Um, but when it comes to re-entering or prior to re-entering your boat, how you rig your boat up is very important. Um, right. so if you want to carry 300 pounds of gear, that is totally your right to do so, but just keep in mind, you're going to have to roll over 300 pounds of gear. Um, and a big part of, you know, kayak fishing, there's a lot of people that are really into tethering everything, you know, with leashes, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm okay with that for like on my boat, I have my pliers, they're leashed and my phone is leashed. Other than that, everything else is cinched down or clipped into something. Um, and the reason I do that is if you flip upside down completely with your boat and your gear, and you've got nine rods on leashes and all of that falls down around you you're now stuck in a spaghetti monster of hooks and leashes um, so it's much easier to self-rescue if you don't have a bunch of stuff tangling you up um, so how you rig it up is important and that also goes for having a clear side to re-enter from um, which is something a lot of people don't think about so in the cockpit of your boat. You know, lots of people have a ton of accessories now. They'll, they'll have a fish finder. They'll have, you know, a phone holder. They'll have lights and all this stuff. Well, if you've got that staggered on both sides down your entire cockpit, you've given yourself no place to re-enter the boat. So like, for example, on my boat personally, I have my fish finder is mounted way up front on um, the bow of my boat on the front plate rather than on the side tracks. Uh, and it is very low profile there. I keep nothing else on those tracks other than just one camera mount that I don't keep a camera on 99% of the time. Um, that way, both of my rails are completely open for me to re-enter from the side without getting stuck on something or just injuring yourself, trying to throw yourself up onto you know some piece of equipment. Um, but beyond that, when it comes to re-entering, uh, This year when Jeff and I taught that class for the fishing or the kayak fishing experience, um, the lady who volunteered to flip had never done so before. Uh, And she was trying to wrap her brain around the same thing. Like, how do you climb in if you can't climb? Um, The best way I was able to describe this to her in the moment that I will now forever be teaching people with this visual Is when you go on summer vacation and you're hanging out at the pool, most people at some point will go up to the side of the pool and they'll lay their hands on the side and put their head on their hands. And then you let your backside float up and you're just kind of floating and chilling there and kind of like sunbathing. You do that same exact motion to prepare yourself to get into the boat, you know, pull, get up onto your side rail, let your body float up behind you. And then you start kicking to high hell until you push yourself straight across and back into the boat. Um, it's a super unnatural motion. The, the best visual for it is a sea lion coming up onto the ice and sliding across it. Um, that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, the most important part of that is keep kicking. Like think of the cheering section you know of a football game screaming at you to keep going keep kicking kick harder you know that's what you need to tell yourself because it especially in cold water you're only gonna be able to try this like once or twice before you wear out well so the execution is super important
0: (laughs) during uh during about six months of the year we're all in dry suits around here um there are some people that are risking their lives but uh you know For the majority, most people are in dry suits prepared for for all that stuff, Um, because it will take your life, you know, and uh, like you said, you got one or two attempts when you're in cold water to get back in your kayak. So if you haven't practiced before and you make that mistake, you fall out in cold water, even in warm water. Now you're in a dangerous situation trying to figure out how to do it.
1: Right. And that's, you know, they, they make a lot of different options for assist tools. Um, They make paddle floats that you can basically turn into a stirrup uh, to use to get yourself back up. They make rescue ladders. Um, But really all you need is a piece of lashing or paracord, um, just something to hang a drop loop over the side, you know, just to give yourself a footing to get up into it. But If you are in the instance of you don't have any of those things, you can absolutely get back into your boat without them. It is just one of those things that you really have to have that come to Jesus moment with yourself of like, okay, this is actually for my life. I've got to kick as hard as I possibly can to get up in there. And then once you get up onto your boat, you are going to be like a fish out of water. You're going to look ridiculous trying to flip your butt over and everything. But just as long as you get back up there, that's all that matters.
0: Right. Yeah, the the stirrup thing um, with the strap, the biggest challenge with the currents, it it kind of ends up sucking your body underneath. So right. the easiest way I've found, you know, is is just kicking your feet, being parallel with the water surface and just kind of propelling yourself on. Um, but she was struggling with it. She's wearing a, I think it's made by a If I said that right, the PFD and and she was just she wasn't fully getting her body parallel to the water surface and she was struggling with it which tomorrow night we'll probably be out dialing it back in um
1: what kind of boat is she in?
0: she's in a big water 132 oh, she is? and um, uh, it's got a, a hummingbird helix seven on the on the left side and uh you know the the yak omega pros on the eight inch extensions on on both sides for trolling um but she does have that that space between the the rod holder on the one side and the seat to be able to climb back in i was even thinking maybe climbing in from the bow
1: right so um i've not attempted that um that could be tricky, and that's actually something this summer that I have been, um, that I might actually try to execute in a controlled setting, um, is trying to see how ridiculous you can get with where you can walk on your boat um, and get back into it, because that, you know, that is a thing to try to figure out all the different points that you could do it at. Um, The biggest thing I see being a problem coming um, from, from the bow, there's nothing to grab onto, Um, where if you're coming in from the sides, especially on the big water, uh, your drive hole that's up in the top, that little handle, um, that's right in front of you. You can use that in addition to the next handle on the side of your boat across from you, not the one directly in front of you and use those two to kind of balance yourself while you're getting up onto the side of the boat. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind. You know, try to reach across it. Don't reach right in front of you for whatever you're trying to grab onto because then you just end up smacking your face with a with a kayak.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. What I did was I took one of the uh the rogue fishing company um the adjustable drag straps and I put it on the end of her PFD and I set it to where she could reach over the bow and grab that strap. And then I made a like a another stirrup a little bit further up that way she could almost kind of ladder herself up but uh going over the front wasn't wasn't working out either i think she just needs to just get parallel to the water surface let her butt i'm going to tell her what you said you know about just kind of sitting at the edge of the pool put your chin up just let your butt float up and just kick
1: yep and that's that's really i mean you are just trying to propel yourself across the boat not not so much into it think trying to go across the whole thing
0: right (laughs) yeah that's awesome i'm sure you have some videos floating around on how to do it yeah
1: i i was gonna say i think jeff little just happened to release the one of us from the kayak fishing experience right on uh on the little things on youtube on Um, the little stuff or the little stuff that's
0: right Um, i will (laughs) absolutely link jeff little's youtube channel down below um there's Thousands of hours of invaluable resources um, from that guy. If you're not following him, you're uh, you're doing yourself a disservice for sure. Absolutely. How can people find you? How do they reach out to you?
1: Uh, so, like I said, you can find me at fishlikeacat.com. dot um, You can also find me on Facebook on under Katie Baca. Uh, also, Fish Like a Cat has its own page. Uh, you can also look on Instagram. Um, that's also under uh, Fish Like a Cat and Katie Baca. My YouTube channel is Katie Backa. <laughs> um, and you can search hashtags for any of all of the above, including hashtag Team Baca, um, which is my husband and I both. Um, and we have content together as well. Uh, so... All of those outlets, but my website has a links page um, to all of my outlets, um, so that's like the easiest way for people to just click down the list and find all of them.
0: Oh, perfect! Um, I will drop all that, all the links in the description as well, so it's real easy to, to uh, get a hold of you if you're anywhere near the Mariner sales uh,
1: in what city in Texas? Uh, in Dallas, Texas.
0: If you're anywhere near the Mariner Sales in Dallas, Texas, definitely call them up. Stop up and see Katie. She will set you up. Talk to you about which kayak to pick, uh, which one is best for you, and um, what the best accessories to pair it with.
1: And I'll add to that that you guys can totally reach out to me, Um, you know, even on Facebook Messenger with the same questions if I'm not at work, um, because I only work there part time. Uh, so I'm more than happy to answer questions across all of those as well.
0: Yeah, she is absolutely a resource. Um, definitely in the, on, the, on the lady side of things, um, but most importantly on the kayak fishing side of things and the angler side of things. Um, she's got a, a ton of knowledge, ton of skills to share. So, you know, don't be afraid. Send her a message. I'm sure she'll hit you up. Absolutely. Well, Katie, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. We will see you on the next episode. And remember, for me, fishing is life.